You're listening to Red Nation Online. Wednesday, August 3rd, it's Andre Zadorozny, solo, as me, Ian Clark, I'm away on vacation. However, Andre troopers up and plows through this episode by himself as Toronto FC beat Real Salt Lake 1-0 on a goal by Tosaint Ricketts to make it three in a row and keep the team moving forward. I'll keep this short, as Andre did as well. It's only 20 minutes long. Listen to his thoughts on the game, and the next one coming up will be Toronto against New England. You're listening to Eastside Stand Up. My name is Andre Zadorozny, and I'm filling in for the East Coasting Ian Clark. Steve Perry was going to be on this one, but unfortunately, he couldn't make it, so it's just going to be me today. Um, I'm going to try and make this short and sweet since this podcast is very much a group-oriented podcast, and it thrives off the opinions of others. So listening to me, like most people would say, can get tedious and annoying. So I'm going to make every effort to speed it up and highlight the good and the bad. I tend to be on the negative side. I'll try not to. We're three on the bounce. That's extremely positive, so I'll do my best. I'm going to try to keep the format that Ian and Steve use, so I'm going to start with the formation. Uh, 4-4-2 Diamond, uh, starting 11, had uh, no Zavaleta or Cheru in it, uh, moving Delgado back to where I think he's happiest is in the midfield. So you had Bono and Gold, Betashore, Williams, Moore, and Morrow as a defensive line, Delgado, Chapman, Endo, Osario with uh, attacking four, midfield, and Hamilton and Giovinco playing the two strikers up front. What you'll see, if you're at the game or you watch the game, I'm not entirely sure if you had noticed it, is that there's definitively a tale of two halves, to use kind of a cliche. So what I mean by that is this diamond works the best with better players. That's a fact. The way we've seen Toronto play against Columbus and how Toronto was, has been playing recently with this diamond, the better players, when they come on the pitch, make that diamond work, and they work very well. You'll see that in the second half. So, first of all, happy that we've got a win. It's the first time that uh, Toronto's beaten Real Salt Lake in five games. Started in third place in the East, just under the New York City teams at 30 points, and uh, coming off a 3-0 shellacking of Columbus, and a uh, amazing Trillium Cup victory which will go in the annals of TFC history. Another Trillium Cup victory will be. Confidence is uh, high going into the game. And uh, Real Salt Lake were coming off a 2-1 win off of Philly. Uh, and they also have a few draws in there, and they lost to Inter, but that doesn't really matter in July. So before the game, uh, injury to Michael Bradley, as everybody knows. Also, there's the swirling rumors of him in, being involved in a trade, a $5 million trade. I can't remember if it was Canadian or American money, probably American, to Liverpool. Sorry, Ian, I'm kind of happy that that's uh, not going to happen. But before this game, that's kind of hovering. So 
I don't think it made any impact at all uh, on the guys on the pitch. They went out to play their game, and they, I think they did it successfully. Josie starts on the bench. The St. Ricketts, our new signing, is uh, not starting as well because that's a good thing because as we see against the Columbus game, he seems to be more of an impact kind of sub at first. So at the back, it's Bono, Beta Shore, Williams, Moromoro, with only Moromoro starting from the last game against Columbus. Moore's captain, which is an interesting choice uh, because it's Giovinco was the one yelling and screaming at the players more than more than Moore was. Uh, I'm not sure how that works within the the inner workings and bureaucracies of TFC or the you know the backroom staff, etc. Yada yada yada. So Moore as uh, Moore's captain, interesting choice. Because I was seeing Gio, Giovinco, because being, you know, we're the fourth wall, we're the audience, and we're looking at this team, and uh, speaking only for myself, I see Giovinco in this game specifically going out there and calling a shots, being a leader, yelling, yelling, yelling. And, I mean, more, mm, up and down, not so much, yeah, so, I don't know, whatever. This is the second game without using uh, Moba Bully. Which seems to be a good thing. Babuli didn't—he didn't start the last game as Columbus, and he didn't make an appearance. Second time again. So, and both games were uh, were victories. And I don't think he's missed. I think he needs more time, and I think it's good that he's not starting and not playing. Truth be told. So in the midfield, Delgado and Chapman, Endo and Osario. Uh, this seems to be my favorite four right now, as they all push forward and. Uh, they're covering each other as much as possible. I like the fact that everybody was kind of protecting each other on the pitch. Endo, I like a lot. He needs a lot of work. He needs more time. But he is making moves, which I like a lot. Passing. He's trying to convert chances. He's trying to make chances. And I think it's a good continuation from the other week against Columbus. And uh, sometimes he tries way too hard. And he also fanned on the ball in the 35th minute. But... You know, I'll give him the chance. Uh, the first half, what it highlighted for me the most was Jordan Hamilton's poor form. Uh, he's playing alongside Giovinco in that 4-4-2 diamond, and he looked gangly and he looked lost. And I stopped counting how many times Hamilton tried to move the ball forward to his midfield or to Giovinco, and nothing came of it. And it just was trying. Giovinco was yelling and screaming, trying to get proper passes to him or to uh, Jordan Hamilton and it just it just wasn't working and this was the entire first half and everybody around me was just getting so on our number 22 and it just I don't know it was difficult to watch he just looked out of it he looked like he it just didn't didn't fit he just really didn't fit um, when he did get the ball it was just either too slow he lacked imagination and creativity and as someone in that position, as a second striker, I think needs to have a little more than one dimension. And uh, it just wasn't working. You know, everybody was yelling at him to run faster. He was he was giving up on the ball. It was it was a frustrating time to watch him in that first half and the part of the second. So Juvinko uh, was left hanging a lot in the first half. Um, although when he did get the ball, he seemed to rush himself, and uh, the ball went over the bar the bar a few times. But you know, as long as he's trying. He didn't score, but that's okay. You know, he is the best player in the league, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And uh, he plays for Toronto, and we got to, you know, give him his space. And I like the fact that he's getting uh, animated, and he's getting and he's getting heated, and that's good to see. 
Uh, the first half, all in all, was good for Toronto with the bulk of the possession, and uh, they looked like the team that would score early. It just didn't work out. Uh, Real Salt Lake does Real Salt Lake does not look like the team that were champions not too long ago. They just look. I don't know much about the team, truth be told, but I do know Beckerman through the national team, the USL uh, US national team, and and uh, watching him a lot with our neighbors and. It just seemed he just was having a poor game. He had a header later, early, like later on in the first half, earlier on in the first half rather, and it was just, you know, wide. And he was just a lot of waylaid passes. He just didn't look like he was up for it. Uh, the return of Plata, which was interesting. Uh, I can't remember whether this is the first or second time we've seen him before uh, in an RSL shirt or a, a non-Toronto shirt. Uh, he looked like the Plata of old, of a fast, small, running, moving. Uh, getting involved and uh, that was good to see you know because they other than that rsl looked uh, devoid of any ideas but like his issues with toronto when he was a toronto fc player his height and uh, was an issue but they were playing him off to the left a lot and he was striking in taking the corners so that seemed to work a couple chances in the second half as uh, we would see uh, were all from him so he was by by and large the man of the match for rsl second half uh, there's no changes of either team by either team. Uh, Toronto kind of keeps up where they left off from the first half. Giovinco becomes more of a playmaker in this half. Uh, with the 48th minute, he gets a little pop over to Morrow, which Morrow just can't keep down and uh, and get on net. I saw a lot of that, a lot of poor cho poor choices. Keep they don't like to keep Toronto doesn't like keeping the ball low, so a lot of over the top, uh, a lot of tr these long uh, crosses. Um, uh, to other players and they're missing and it's just yeah, but uh, you can see it was there's something happening there and Vanny is working hard at it and I think it's we're seeing it succeed because a win is a win three points is three points nine points is a lot of points and uh, especially in this in MLS in a row and that's great if we can go up on Saturday and and, and, and nick that game even better so more of the same with Jordan Hamilton, and thankfully he's taken off for our new signing to San Ricketts in the 56th minute, and Altidore comes in for Chapman. Uh, I will say Chapman had a good game, uh, playing in that middle, running in, running, running, attacking. Uh, I really enjoyed what I saw from Chapman. So now we see this this huge shift. There's a huge shift here, and this is where the diamond really starts working because you have uh, Josie and Ricketts and uh, Giovinco. All three really good players. All three really kind of can see, you know, Ricketts hasn't been playing for very long, and Ricketts is kind of reading everybody very well, and he's making an impact right off. And you're just seeing with all the gaps are happening against against the RSL defense that's being chased, running into the better positions, and they're making moves. 61st minute, Mulholland comes in, and RSL makes a change for Sturzer, which also gets Mul um, RSL moving a little bit. Plata comes alive in this half. He starts pressuring the Toronto defense and some frantic movement in the 64th minute. Luckily, with Plata kind of shooting over the net, his cross to Martinez in the 66th minute, uh, which is missed by Martinez, and uh, they get an they get another chance off a of Plata corner in the 65th minute, which goes off and deflects. But in that brief four or five minutes, you see RSL kind of uh, making chances and Toronto did well defensively it looked a little frenetic but it came off uh, in the 69th minute is where Toronto gets the goal 
Bono hoofs it, and it goes to Josie, which is a little slight slight header, and into the rushing path of Ricketts, who fights off uh, Tony Beltran and powers in an amazing goal. And that's exactly what's needed. And, and you know, that's the type of player that Toronto needs. And Ricketts, you know, scores his first goal as a red. And it looks like Toronto was playing like a full team, and that was from the back to the front, and that was great to see. Really, really great to see. Important, and that's how I want to see a TFC squad play. You know, like a team with good players, not fillers, not people you want to give a chance to. I want, I want to see Toronto with all the money that they have stack, stack their team. I think there's always been this kind of fear, or they can't. I'm sure Ian, if he was here, Steve would, or Ian specifically, would kind of, you know, bring me back down to earth. But in this case, I think that Toronto needs to get as many good players as possible who can make uh, really good plays really quickly. And you saw that in the second half. It really made that diamond shine. Um, Toronto doesn't stop, and they keep pushing for a second goal. But they leave themselves open a lot in the counterattack, which Bono gets a one-on-one. Uh, with a poor clearance by Drew Moore, and Mulholland takes a shot, which slips through to Martinez, and it's one-on-one, and Bono makes himself big, and it was awesome to see. Bono had a great game, man of the match for me, bar none. He was awesome, really, really good. Um, Toronto Toronto continues to press, and the 80th and 89th minute, there's a lot of uh, a lot of action outside of the um, uh, outside of the RSL box, where Josie gets fouled, and Juvenko takes the free kick, hits the wall which gets lost in the melee, and Josie picks up the ball, kind of beats his defenders, takes a shot, but it just gets skied- sorry, skidding uh, outside of the post. And uh, all in all, uh, I think that it was a great game for Toronto. Picked up three points, three on the bounce, like I said. There was a few thoughts I had on the linesman. Officiating was pretty good. The linesman on our side, which I, he was running, I guess, towards... Uh, he was running north. He uh, there was an issue. I can't remember what time it was. Nick Romando, one on one on Giovinco. Giovinco gets fouled. What it looks like, and linesman doesn't get it. Uh, it looked like a foul. Looked like a penalty. It wasn't called. Okay, it happens. There was another time where the linesman didn't catch up to the play, and the ball went out, and he kind of shrugged his shoulders, and the ref had to make the call. But from our side, it definitely looked like it had gone either out for a corner. Or it was a goal kick, uh, but he made it. The ref made it a throw for RSL. So there it is. Um, Ricketts, I think, is going to be an amazing signing, and it's going to be great when Bradley comes back. So we'll see him on Saturday, hopefully. That's what the rumor is going on. The Liverpool thing not happening. It'd be good to see them together, and uh, he should still continue to come on as a sub, and because uh, he shouldn't start right away. I think he makes. He's a super sub right now. Impact player. Even if he doesn't score a goal, hopefully he scores many goals. But right now, I think just his presence and his expertise, yeah, Toronto really needs it. So let's move on to sight and sounds. There was a few sights and sounds that I uh, <laughs> that I noticed. The uh, the dying Danny Dicchio chant. And um, in the 24th minute, as we all know, Danny Dicchio scored famously the first goal for Toronto FC. And there used to be a chant, as we all know it. But uh, it's not happening so much anymore. And I think uh, Ian and Steve have talked about this. I think mean, all three of us have spoken on the, this podcast about it. Some people were doing it, but uh, the South End definitely wasn't. Some people in the East Side were doing it. But there was a little kid sitting next to his dad, and he, 
he, next to me, and he asked him, uh, he asked his father what they were chanting, and the father had no idea. He's like, I don't know. And that bothered me because it just goes to show that Toronto seems to be lacking supporting its history. And the Danny Deacon goal is very important, and I think it needs, the chant needs to continue. And um, we're losing a bit of that history, and that'll go away, which is kind of like how Toronto city the way that the city is built tear down tear down tear down forget our past forget our history you know build up the brand new and so yeah well maybe it shouldn't surprise me that no one a few people don't know what uh, what that chant is and what it signifies um steve has said it before the other sight and sound i've got is that there's corporate voices everywhere in vimo field's head the disembodied voice and narrator of our experience and ha says that the halftime was brought to me by Kit Kat, and, uh, which ties into their slogan, which I will not repeat. Uh, I think it's gross, and it sounds even more disgusting when it's said out loud, booming, uh, in, a, in a, such a third-dimensional way. Yeah, I don't care about Kit Kat. I like the candy bar. I just don't care that it's brought to me by Kit Kat. I don't know. I was away for the last little while. So I don't, didn't know when this started happening, but it just, I don't like it. Yeah, so please stop, but they won't. Anyway, also Tim Hortons. They seem to have trademarked Canada's favorite coffee. I noticed this off to the left near the south end. Um, why would you need to trademark Canada's favorite coffee? It just shows me that there's no confidence in that trademark and they're not confident about the slogan. These are just things I'm noticing, sights and sounds. Take it or leave it. Why would you have to make it illegal to copy a, something that says Canada's favorite coffee? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some people understand what I'm saying. If you do, thank you. The Icelandic chant. Why? Is it, people are holding their hands way too high in the air, and the drummer on the south side is just taking forever to beat it, to beat the drum. It's like, hurry up. I've got, I had three people, and it was like Tall Hat Day. What's that about? Tall Hat Day. These, these, uh, these Dr. Seuss hats. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm like, what am I looking at here? I couldn't see anything. I, you know, I've got Dr. Seuss TFC hats. Uh, Dr. Seuss day, I guess. Um, but the Icelandic chant was great, and it's also, it's, it comes off, but it's just like, beat the drum faster, dude, please. Um, Saturday, Toronto versus New England. Steve will be there, uh, and hopefully we'll see Bradley and... I am happy that he didn't go to Liverpool, so hopefully he can finish the, the season strong. And um, if he comes back next year, or if he goes next year, that's how it is. But I think he should finish off the season if he takes care of himself, and it'll be a great push for playoffs. Last thing I want to say is the manufactured atmosphere. I feel like I'm kind of watching a Bertinsky piece at BMO Field. There's all these fireworks. I know Steve has talked about this before, and I kind of wish he was with me. We'd just have this whole kind of socialist argument about what this commodification of Toronto FC means to this new generation of, of fans, as opposed to what it was 10 years ago. That's just something that's very interesting to talk about, and maybe we'll talk about it again some other time. But it just feels so contrived. And it just, the fireworks in the beginning, hey, we're all pumped up. Yeah, okay. I guess so. I just want to see the team succeed, and I think that's really all the pumping up we need. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got to say. A nice, even, almost 20 minutes. 
thanks a lot for listening. Steve is back on Saturday. Hopefully, he'll uh, do a podcast. If you want to get a hold of uh, me, uh, Kabuki Live, at Kabuki Live on Twitter, uh, contact Ian at enc at Redation Online, and also at Clark Arno for Twitter. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I hope it's okay, and uh, I will see you later. Bye. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online from The Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. The West Coast team.